afraid everybody's getting on here this morning. <clears throat> Looks like we're actually working this morning. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, if you haven't watched the, uh, the last video on Facebook Live, I would encourage you to, uh, to watch that video so that you can kind of know where we're going on uh, this webinar because uh, we're going to be staying on a series called uh, Walking in the Spirit. And of course, last week we talked about a lot of things concerning the spirit, but one of the uh, foundational uh, scriptures that I'm, I'm wanting to use is out of John 7, 37. So if we can go there, if you have your Bibles or your iPads or whatever, let's go there because uh, it's very important to read the word. Most people don't read the word. And if you don't read the word, sometimes the word will not speak to you. And a lot of times we hear it from the the pulpit, and uh, when, of course, if I was to speak to you, go, oh yeah, I know what that what that scripture is, but that's all good to know that scripture, but to read this scripture again and again, uh, it speaks volumes to you. It's almost like listening, you can listen to a person in another room speaking, but it's totally different if you're face to face with them, because then you get to actually see what that what they're saying and what it actually means based on their expression, their body movements, you name it. Same thing with the word of God. Uh, you know, I know scriptures in my head, but when I go to the word of God, it speaks major volumes to me because I'm actually looking at it. And uh, that structure of the way the Holy Spirit is structured, it, it speaks volumes to me. And uh, I just encourage you to really read the word because uh, we really need it. That you, if you want to flow in revelation uh, and really get things of what God is speaking, uh, it's best to read the word of God instead of, you know, praying for revelation. That's awesome. But reading the revelation and letting the Bible speak to you, it's it's huge. And of course, we all know uh, those that are out there uh, that you really can't understand uh what the, the Bible is actually saying, unless you have the spirit of God. And if you, if you feel like you've never had an experience with the spirit of God, or you've never been stirred up by the spirit of God, uh, I encourage you to ask the spirit of God to be, uh, to baptize you today, to baptize you this morning, because without the spirit, this word is dead. You've got to have an interpreter, a medium, uh, the Holy spirit that can interpret uh, scriptures to you and you'll be able to understand the, the quotes and the declarations of God. But let's read John 7, uh, 37, because this is kind of a foundational thing I want to uh, just start with. And we'll read a lot more scripture, especially this morning in the 30 minutes that we have. But uh, I want to I want to emphasize that it is very important these days to get close to the spirit. And uh, the way we get close to the spirit is first asking, asking to draw near to you and you draw near to him, resist the devil. He flees, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Now drawing near to God there doesn't mean just a person. You're trying to picture something. It means drawing near to the spirit because God is spirit. And when you draw near to God, that spirit of God starts drawing near to you. And then you start having all these experiences you have you have all these interpretations in your life you start having understanding you start having wisdom and then your life starts getting on a plain level it starts uh, you basically 
start building your house on the rock. Because if we do what God speaks to us, if we actually walk in it, we're like folks that build our house on the rock. And when the storm comes, it will not be torn out. It will not be uh, flooded away. But those that listen to the spirit, but don't do them, uh, it's, uh, it's rough. It's when that storm comes, oh man, when that storm comes, uh, you get washed away because those folks that are, aren't doing the, the work, uh, or walking it out when storms come, they get all double-minded and they get flustered. And before you know it, uh, they're out, out, you know, forgetting God and walking on another path. So I encourage you that anything that you hear from God, make sure you do it. It's very important. The other day, uh, I was just walking along and I remember some things that I've done in my life or, and, and I said, Lord, I'm just so sorry for that. I said, you forgive me. He said, this is what he said. He said, don't tell me you're sorry. Walk with me. I'll remember that. Don't tell me you're sorry. Walk with me. That's a big thing because we can, I don't know how many times, you know, even in my life, I've said, hey, I'm sorry, but then continue to do the same thing or say, I'm sorry and don't change my attitude, you know, so, but real repentance, what he was trying to tell me was real repentance is deciding to walk in a new way, deciding to walk things out, walk out my repentance. And uh, when he said, don't tell me you're sorry, in other words, he'd had enough of tell me telling him he's sorry. He wanted to see the fruit. And so uh, the spirit of God didn't want me to tell me it, uh, tell him that I was sorry. He wanted me to walk with him. So that's, that's an area of obedience that I lacked in that I actually needed to work on. So most of your, if, if, uh, if you really want to mean that you're sorry to God or you're sorry to anybody else, walk out that conviction that you have in your heart toward one another. Walk out that conviction you have in your heart toward God. When you're in sin, just decide to turn and go the other way and start walking along with the spirit instead of just saying you're sorry and then, you know, God forgives me and then you be your own hellion self again. That, that's not real repentance. So let's follow the spirit these days. How's about that? All right, let's talk John 7, 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Remember that. If anyone thirst, that's the first one. And I love this about the spirit of God. He will get your life to where you're, you thirst for him, whether it's forced for you to thirst or whether you just uh, start having a thirst for yourself and want to go after God, no matter what. But anyone, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And here's the next one. I want you to just remember this because this really helps us even uh, talking with people. If anyone that, that doesn't mean Christians. That means anybody. That means if a, a Buddhist, uh, all of a sudden his life was just so frustrating. And yet though he's a Buddhist and he's been worshiping these other gods or he's a Hindu, you know, and we, he's got 126 gods, you know, 
if he gets so desperate uh, and he calls out to God, he will give him a drink. And I've seen this a million times. Uh, the, the God story on this one is uh, I came back from in Africa uh, from a youth camp. And uh, there were some children there that were Hindus. And, but they got touched by the Holy Spirit. And all of their issues dried up. One of them got healed. These Now, these kids were like uh, 10 uh, and 12 years old. And uh, after they came home, they told their mom, hey, we met a real God. <laughs> and their mom called the the pastor that held the youth camp. And they, she said, I want to meet this man that carries this, the real God. Uh, my children have said that they met a real God. And so he said, sure. And so he asked me if, if she could come over. And of course she did. And she was a Hindu. And when she walked in and sat down, she just stared at me. And she said, what is this that's happened to my children? They said, you know, they've met a real God. And I said, well, there is only one God. And that's, you know, that's Jesus Christ. And uh, he's the one that actually can, that healed your children. And they experienced a real God. They they actually felt him. And they were, they were sitting over there in a love seat, just grinning and giggling, you know, like, yes, yes. And, uh, and uh, this woman uh, kept asking me these questions. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I bet you I can tell you, I can show you that God is real. And the Spirit of God was talking to me about this woman as she was talking because the Spirit of God recognized that this woman was thirsty. And it didn't matter if she was a Hindu. It wasn't about trying to change her. It was about God trying to reveal himself to her. Oh, I've got to get that one. God's not trying. To, God doesn't have to try to change you. If he reveals himself, there's automatic automatic change. I mean, he's much more powerful than the, than the will of man or uh, uh, any kind of God you've been worshiping. And uh, she said, oh, I wish you would. And and all of a sudden, you know, I just I started telling her that she had pain in her legs and there was a, a snake that, it, that that had wrapped around her body and she couldn't breathe. She had all these different issues. She just started weeping. And uh, and then the presence, the presence of God, the manifest presence of God came in the room and he healed her. But she also felt literally tangible, felt the spirit of God on her life and on her body. That was a difference, huge difference. And she she said, I want this thing. And so we did. We, we I, I just said, just let him come in your life. And she just let him come in the life. And she said, then she said, what am I going to do with my husband? He's the head of the house and uh, he makes us pray to other gods. And I said, I'm sure that uh, the spirit of God will handle that. Don't worry about trying to change your husband. But she was thirsty. And she was anyone. And that's what this thing is. That's the kind of mentality that we've got to have. What is speaking right here is uh, the Spirit of God through Jesus. He's, the Spirit of God is saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And so we've got to lose our opinion when it comes to walking with Jesus. We've got to lose our opinion with what we think how God should move and who he should move upon. 
And uh, I've had this problem in my life many times. I've had my, this problem in my life where I look at someone and I think they, de they don't deserve God. And, uh, and I cop an attitude. And the Spirit of God would, you know, of course, spank me very quickly and say, I have no type of attitude like you have toward this person. This person is very thirsty for me. I need to look for someone who's willing to love them without your opinion. And I'm going to tell you what, that changed my whole life. So remember this, the spirit of God here doesn't have a prejudice in its mind. <clears throat> it has love for anyone who thirsts for him. Remember that. And it says, he who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers. It didn't say just one. It said many. It's, it's, it, that's plural. There'll be many rivers. A lot of people, when they accept God and the Spirit of God comes on them, they find one gift and they think, well, God's given me a gift, you know, and they stick with that one gift. And some people believe that you can only flow in that gift that God gives you. Well, God gives you, when he gives you the Holy Spirit, he gives you the whole package. And so a lot of us think that you can only flow in one gifting, in one area of, of ministry, and that's not true. If you go after all the different rivers that he has put in you, you will flow in all of the gifts. But most people uh, choose not to go into all those tributaries of God. But uh, you can, and you, you do it by learning him, by walking in it. You say, Lord, I want to start walking in healing. You start focusing on that spirit of healing that he carries. I guarantee you, he would challenge you in every way in the area of praying for people giving them prophetic words for healing, all types of stuff. He did that with me, and I know he can do it with you because I don't even deserve to be where I'm at right now. I can promise you that. I don't even know sometimes why I'm in this position that I'm in. Only it's the grace of God that just, you know, gave me this life that I'm living right now. Because uh, I can tell you, I'm one, I'm one guy that probably don't even deserve it. But yet... He gave it to me and that's why I love him so much that he gave me something I really don't deserve and he trusts me with it. And now I'm having to steward it, even though sometimes those areas that where the spirit leads us, I don't like my spirit, my flesh doesn't like, but I do it anyway, because I know every place that he sends me, there's going to be a blessing if I will look for him instead of looking at it through my own opinion. All right. So we flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. All right. Now let's go to rivers. Let's, I, I know last week I talked about, I want to just dissect just very little uh, so that we can get the foundation of Jesus here. Here he is standing on the steps of the temple and they're pouring out these vessels of water out of the temple. And it's flowing down, you know, these steps of the temple. And it would look like as though the, the water was coming from the temple of God. Now, if you look at that as you being the temple and Jesus being the temple, the temple himself was standing there. That, that physical temple, that huge building was actually attesting of the building that was standing or the temple that was standing on its steps. So the temple itself 
was speaking to all of the crowd, hey, don't you don't have to believe in the structure, but this structure is, is actually shadowing me. It's showing who I am. If you will believe in me, out of you, which is the temple of God, you are a temple just like this building, out of you will flow all of these rivers because they were pouring all these these pots, these vessels down the, the steps from the, from the uh, temple. He's looking at them. He's saying, out of your belly or out of your temple or out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. So everybody was getting a true picture. That's how simple the gospel is, and that's how simple Jesus is. That's how simple the spirit is as well. He's saying, guys, you are this temple. And if you believe in me, out of your temple will flow all of these rivers of water. Isn't that awesome? But even the temple himself, which is Jesus Christ, he is the temple. Because when you come to the throne, you're not just coming to a structure. You're literally coming to God because Jesus is the throne of God. I'm telling you, you may sometimes see a structure, but all of that structure is representing who is there. So everything that is there is him. So when you come to Jesus, you're going to see the throne. It's going to be Jesus Christ. Are you with me? All right. It says, uh, I want you to turn over to, uh, since we're tar uh, uh, talking about water, uh, Jesus is talking about, you know, out of your heart or out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You know, and, and one of the first scriptures I want to throw up here is Genesis 2, verse 10 through 11. It shows that out of Eden, out of Eden, there was water that flowed from the garden. And out of that one river, there were four tributaries. They parted into four tributaries or riverheads that flowed upon the earth. Now think about this. Let's picture Jesus being the garden. And out of that, out of that garden flowed four rivers of living water, which was what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So out of those four gospels, out of those four men, those four rivers from the beginning of Jesus's ministry, and even from the beginning of Jesus's ministry, even back in the garden, even the garden was representing Jesus standing there. And now that he's saying, out of my heart, there are going to be these tributaries that are going to flow. And there was Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four tributaries ended up creating more tributaries. They woke up more people. And then it started multiplying after that. You even have Paul later on catching a tributary or a forerunning act of all of those gospels that were being spoken by Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you can imagine Jesus is not only summing up uh, believing in the spirit or believing in Jesus, but he's summing up the whole Bible. He's summing up Genesis when he first started this thing. Isn't that amazing? Because we, we've got to get that because Jesus is the headmaster of all things. He is the headwaters of the garden. He is the garden. And if we don't get back to him, then those rivers 
can't flow in our life as well. And look at Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47, 1 through 2. Now, Ezekiel is hard to read if you don't know what it's really trying to tell you out of the Spirit. But I want to hit one or two of these things because I think it will help you to be able to understand a little bit that the Bible speaks of Jesus instead of speaking of just, you know, end times and, you know, uh, a lot of people have different interpretation of the book of Revelation and the book of Ezekiel and the book of Daniel and all these things. And they try to tie down all these details. Hey, this is what this means and this is what that means. But if you, if you don't understand that the Bible speaks of Jesus first, you'll never get really the prophecy of what it's trying to tell you. And in Ezekiel 47, 1 through 2, it says, Then he brought, this is Ezekiel, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. And the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. That's exactly where Jesus was. When he stood and actually said, hey, if you'll believe in me, out of your heart will flow the rivers of living water. So what Ezekiel was actually seeing was not only a temple, but he was actually seeing Jesus. It was actually trying to uh, prophesy that of the coming of the Lord. And he was actually getting, being able to see it in detail through signs and symbols. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> now look at John 4, uh, 13 through 14. John 4, 13 through 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst, will thirst again. And he's talking about the water, woman at the well. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, what I want to share here is that uh, I'm not sure those that are actually walk with God or those that are, have the spirit of God, and those that may don't, that, that not even uh, don't even know the Lord, that may be watching, you know, this webinar. Once God, once you encounter God, like this woman is about to encounter God. Once you encounter His Spirit, and you literally feel the manifestation of it, whether it be within, where it opens your eyes to see really what is before you, or to really understand your life or to really understand who's speaking to you, when you feel the Spirit of God upon your body, or you feel, some people feel wind, some people feel fire, some people feel all kinds of different things. Some people like Elijah, Elisha praying for the, God to open up the eyes of the servant when they were surrounded by the enemy. You know, the, the servant was, was uh, scared because the king had sent out an army to destroy uh, Elisha, and Elisha, uh, lifted up his eyes to heaven and asked God to open up the servant's eyes. Now, he was scared before, but then God opened up his eyes and he saw all of these angels and chariots and army of God surrounding them. And so he realized there was more for them than there was against them. 
Well, when that happens to you, you go from being scared to actually being bold. Or when you when you when you're in the spirit, or God uh, starts showing Himself to you, what happens is there's a, this ignitement to where you want more, and you start actually searching more for God while you're feeling that that experience. I've seen there's times in my life where I. I, I would be walking either in the grocery store or whether it be in a meeting or conference or talking with people, uh, the spirit of God come upon me and I, I start getting excited because the spirit of God has now touched me. And now I want, I want there to be more, not only for me, I want there to be more for this person. And then all of a sudden it springs up this huge well that never runs dry. It's a, even, after you speak with somebody, when you when you have that anointing, when you when the Spirit of God has touched you within your heart, it springs up a well of everlasting life. And even after you've spoken to that person, you go home and you're walking back to your car or whatever it may be, uh, you're just glorifying the Lord and you're digging even more in the Spirit to understand what's going on because it's it's constantly going. And that's what he's saying. He says, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now I want to give you, I want to uh, dissect this one more, uh, again, and I want you to understand this as far as sin. I want you to understand it as far as deliverance, demonic activity, whatever it may be upon someone's life. Because I want you to remember this uh, this woman that Jesus is talking about has had several husbands and the husband that she, and the person that she's with right now is not her husband. So in our world, uh, we would say, you know, you need to cut off all those soul ties. You've got all these spirits that are probably lingering with you and you're attached to it. So we need to name off each husband. We need to break this soul tie. We need to break that soul tie. And you go into this formulated thing that, you know, wears you completely out, by the way. And uh, and when you go into that, you're focusing more on yourself and what's wrong with you than focusing on the spirit of God that's actually wanting to help. And, and they used to do this back in the day uh, during the time of the Pharisees, during the Old Testament. They also at that time had certain systematic ways, formulated ways to do exorcism. And you had to walk through these separate things to do it. But when Jesus came along, the spirit of God was with him. And when he spoke, the spirit of God would go in them. Remember this, it would, it would go in them and it would create this fountain, this fountain of, uh, of water that would spring up. Say, say that with me, spring up. When it would spring up, what, what happens? It's like hitting an oil well. When, when you hit oil down in the deep parts of the earth, the pressure from the, everything that's been holding that thing from keeping from exploding, the pressure that's been holding there for years, and it finally gets tapped, what happens is that incorruptible seed or that oil that's been capped in you, or that, that spring, that water that's been capped in you, when God digs down with the Spirit and taps that place, where he planted and it taps it, what happens is the Spirit of God opens you up for there to be a, 
spring a well, a huge well to spring forth. Spring means, you know, it's like springing forth, catapulting. And when it springs forth, it blows the top off. It blows the top off. In other words, everything that has been controlling that person, everything that's been controlling that person, it will blow the top off. It will totally cause them to scatter. That's why Psalm says, let God arise, not your formulas arise. Let God, let the spirit of God arise and his enemies be scattered. <laughs> oh, God, that is so good. His enemies be scattered. And so when God arises, the enemies have to scatter. So this woman ends up actually getting a drink from God. And she doesn't realize it. She doesn't even realize she's gotten delivered. She runs into town and tells everybody. Now, can you imagine what kind of uh, uh, reputation this woman had? I'm sure she was used to kind of hiding around, but now she's a total different person. She's no longer hiding. She's running into town, and she's a total testimony that God's real because her, her whole uh, reputation was awful, sleeping with all these other men. And the man that she's with is not even her husband. And, every, and of course, the whole town knows it. But now she's running in with totally open and being who she's supposed to be. And everybody's looking at her like, this has got to be God because that is not the woman that we know. So she got delivered of all those things we would try to cut off by one encounter with the Spirit of God. Think about that. One encounter. You have one encounter with the Spirit. It's over. You don't have to go back and try to fix things. You don't have to go try to go back and dissect it. If you've had an encounter with the Spirit of God, and besides, if you realize, she didn't even realize, and she wasn't even worried what she got delivered of. She was free, and that's all that mattered. And see, most of us now these days has gotten so anal about your deliverance or anal about your freedom that you can't even enjoy your freedom. Because when the Spirit of God comes, He delivers you. He takes it, and you don't have to be aware of what He took. The only thing you need, the only responsibility that we've got is to walk in the freedom that you just actually felt. And walk in that, walk in that, walk in that everlasting life so that you can actually have a life. Don't allow the spirit, don't allow the enemy or those old religious doctrines of demons to get you free. And then you go out in life and you're having such a great time. And then you wonder, I wonder if I got delivered of this. <clears throat> and that's a Pharisee spirit. That's a religious spirit trying to get you pulled in back into that place of analyzing yourself instead of letting the spirit of God control your life and, and allow there to be freedom. Because if you walk in that freedom, it will constantly be, it'll constantly be a spring of well, it'll be a, a well springing up in you. And as you're walking in that freedom, this well is, is always popping up and it's always flowing. So you're always getting freedom and deliverance. It's washing you. 
You get hungry for the word. You get hungry for walking in the spirit. You get hungry for the things of God. And, and that spring of water, that fountain is constantly washing you without you having to be aware if you've gotten delivered or not. The only thing God wants you to be aware of is God, not yourself. Think about that. The spirit of God, uh, the, the religious spirit will always get you to analyze yourself. That's a spirit of religion, religious spirit. It started in the, in the garden when, when Satan uh, asked them, you know, he said, if you'll eat this, you'll be like God, which made them question if they were of God or not. <clears throat> it made them analyze themselves through a very wisdom type thing. You know, it sounded like God. You know, he looked like God even coming. I mean, he came as an angel of light and he looked brilliant. And so he's teaching them. And they're thinking, man, man, this guy, you know, look at him, you know, and he's trying to give us truth. And it made them look at themselves as though what they were hearing was from the Lord. And it made them look at themselves and disobey really what the spirit of God told them. And when they looked at themselves and analyzed themselves, that was when the bait was taken. Then you'll start taking the bait of eating all this different stuff to try to make yourself like God. If you're trying to eat of all this stuff to make yourself like God and conform you into the image of God, you have taken the bait of a religious spirit. You haven't taken a drink from the spirit of God. Isn't that awesome? Because God wants to free us. He really does. <clears throat> and I want you to share one more and we'll go. In chapter uh, Revelation chapter 22, the water again says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Remember what I said a while ago? That Jesus Christ is the throne of God. So what was what was uh, John looking at? He was looking at Jesus. He was looking at the throne itself. And can you imagine Jesus in those days, back in the days when he was standing on the temple uh, step, the throne of God was standing there talking to them, trying to get them to his throne. Just as he did when he came with Moses, you know, he came down upon the Mount of Mount Sinai and he invited the people up and they were afraid. And they told Moses, you go up. They couldn't see the kindness and the severity of God is the thing that they actually needed. And same thing here. Here's the, here's that same thunder and that lightning coming in humility. It says God, uh, made himself of, uh, of, of flesh, of, like, of the likeness of sinful flesh, and came in the form of man, making himself of no reputation. But here's Jesus, here's the throne of God, standing at the throne or at the temple, and he's inviting them. And this is what John is seeing. It's seeing. He's seeing Jesus. And it says, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, 
each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. <laughs> How many disciples did he have? He had 12. Think about that. From the literal tree of life, Jesus himself, he's the throne and out of the throne flows the water. He's the tree of life, which has that bore 12 fruits and it yielded fruit. And can you imagine? Yes, those 12 end up yielding fruit. Of course, we see one that was chosen in the book of Acts, but all of those, those fruits were all those 12 disciples and they actually sent other fruit, which were, which were the leaves of the tree, which were for the healing of the nation. They sent out more fruit to other people. And nations started getting healed. And we see the Bible saying that actually they turned the world upside down. And that began on those steps. John is not just looking at Jesus, but he's looking at Jesus's life. He's, look, he's getting a picture of Jesus and he's describing to us what he's seeing in symbol form so that we can understand I, hey guys, I'm looking at Jesus and he's giving me revelation of me. The Spirit of God is giving me revelations of me because I'm one of those 12 trees. Look at that. I'm one of those 12 fruits. <clears throat> and he's, he's so excited and he's trying to give it to us so that we can see, hey, if we believe as John believes, if we believe that Jesus believed on his father, and if we believe in Jesus, we will also be one of these, these fruits that will bring healing to nations. And we will drink of this water that's clear as crystal. And that's what Jesus is. He's clear as crystal. He's very simple. Just as that day, that he was standing on those door, those steps. John saw this, and even Ezekiel saw it. Ezekiel being able to see him from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ, he's being able to see what's truly coming. And see, Jesus, uh, we've got to believe in the man, Jesus, in order to receive the Spirit that was within him. And that's the key. Jesus is wanting to introduce us and give us the fullness of what he had, which the father that lived within him, that's adopted us, which is that the Bible talks about that the spirit of adoption has come and adopted us, the spirit of God. That's why we cry out, Abba, Father, because the father, our father is the spirit. He's the one that came to you that comes to people and grafts you in and adopts you into his family. But man, I'll tell you what, the enemy's trying his best not to, not to allow you to see what Jesus has done. He's introduced you to your father. He's introduced you to the most powerful thing upon the face of the earth and in the face of, in, of heaven, and that's the spirit of God. That's who he came to introduce. And when he introduced the father, the father would turn us back and we, he, the spirit introduced you more, even the revelation of Jesus, because 
the more you start seeing the revelation of Jesus through the spirit of God, you start understanding the spirit. That is wild. So I want you to study those, those three, those two or three scriptures, if you can. And uh, if you get revelation, write it down because God's wanting to take you up to this place as well, to that same place, the throne of God. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. People are saying, say hello to the people I, I did at the, Oh, there are people, I can't see anybody on there. She was saying, say hello to people on the webinar, but I can't, I can't tell who's on here, but I wish I could, but maybe we can figure that out later. But uh, this is part of what we're going to be entering into is really understanding who Jesus was and really understanding what it's like to walk in the spirit. And we can start getting the foundations of what the spirit is like. Man, you can't imagine what you're going to walk in, uh, you know, after this. I mean, even while I'm talking, the spirit of God is just stirred up in me. I mean, the spirit of God, think about it, began in the, he, he began in the beginning, which is Genesis 1, and he finished it in Revelations. It's, it is about Jesus Christ and the spirit of God. So walk in the spirit. Read Galatians 5 and uh, study even the, the fruits of the spirit. Because if we can go after the fruits of the spirit, it will destroy the fruits of the flesh. I can guarantee you. Don't look at yourself. Don't always look at the flesh, the, the, the fruit of your flesh. Look at the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is the thing that will destroy the fruit of your flesh and walking in. Walk in the fruits of the spirit. Be led by it. All right. We'll stop right there. Oh yeah, uh, she's saying remind. <laughs> I've got a I've got a director in the background. Uh, don't forget next week, <laughs> Tuesday at nine o'clock. I think everybody knows <laughs> Eastern time. Don't forget that it's Eastern time over here. We're at uh, Myrtle Beach, and uh, thanks for being on here, guys. We sure love you. Uh, I think we had forty-one or forty-five to sign up. We've only got twenty-one. Probably people are probably working or so forth. I know Jenna had some, Jenna uh, talked about something. She's having trouble getting on, but we'll, we'll figure that out. But uh, love you guys. Please write us. Let us know that uh, this stuff is helping, and uh, we'll write, write, write back to you. Okay, we love you guys. See you.